Welcome to C3 Belconnen. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Melissa Hind. Hey, good morning, everybody. You know what? I just want to start this morning in prayer. So wherever you are, whether you're with your family or whether you're with your connect group, would you just take a moment to bow your head with me together? Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we come to you, Father, as the body of Christ. I thank you that as we sit all over Canberra, we are representations of you on the earth today. Father God, I pray over this message. I pray that my words will be your words. Father God, that as we read your scripture together, that you will bring it alive in our worlds. Not just a, a brief thing, but Father, something that takes us into our weeks, into the months. Father God, would you come and minister to us today? We settle our spirits. We stand ready to honour and praise you. And Father, we thank you that as we learn and grow together today, that we move forward as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? I am loving this series and we are about to hit Ephesians 4. So we've been right through Ephesians 1, 2 and 3 and now we are up to Ephesians 4, one of my most favourite chapters in the Bible. You know, um, I love that we get to come together around the Word of God and, and it, it inspires me and it, and it helps me grow. And, and as we gather today, I really pray that you're able to get the Word of God even in front of you in the Bible or on your device and really start to dig a little deeper into the Word. It's so important that we always make sure that we're digging deeper in our faith, that we're growing and maturing as we walk this faith life together. You know, I don't know about you, but given that it's, you know, just a few weeks until Christmas, there's a real sense of urgency around the place. I don't know if you've been to the shops lately, but I went this morning and honestly, that was a bit chaotic. The mall was full. It was kind of, you know, Christmas feel. It got warm. It's actually kind of a nice feel, but there's an urgency about it. You know, it's interesting that Paul starts his, um, this chapter here with that word itself, urgency. And I don't know if you've ever looked into that word, but that word is an important word in the scripture here. And so we're just going to read through uh, Ephesians 4 together. So grab out your Bibles and we'll read right through to around verse 16 or 17. Um, and then we'll get into our message today. It says this in Ephesians 4, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, 
the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the works in the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness or in deceitful schemes. Rather, we speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes up the body, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I'd encourage you to go back next um, to the message last week that Nick preached. It was a brilliant one about being um, sort of standing in the love of God and, and responding out of the love that Christ has poured into us and us being able to love one another because of that. And here, I love this scripture, Ephesians 4, where Paul is urging us, is, in, is really pushing us, I guess, to make sure that we live a life worthy of the call. You see, in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, we are reminded over and over again about the great gift that God has given us through Jesus Christ. And here in the, this letter, I look at the start and I think once again, Paul is urging us. He's kind of really trying to encourage us. He even reminds us that he's a prisoner again to make sure that we understand how desperate this time is and how important it is that we understand what he's about to write. You see, I really not believe that, God, that Paul did not just kind of speak this message to, to give us a nice thing to do, but he was, he was almost calling out to us, calling us forward, calling us in to what God has called us to. Paul is very clear in his language there. He says in verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you. Other, um, other translations use words like beseech you. I, I want you to understand this. I want you to understand what I'm about to say. Urge or beseech or call you forward means to spare no effort. So what Paul is about to say from verse 1, we are to spare no effort in attempting and, call and trying to do this thing called live worthily of the call. The word urge or beseech or to plead has to invoke a response from us. We actually need to make a decision to respond. You see, when I read this scripture, sometimes I think we can kind of interpret it a little bit incorrectly, where it says that he urges us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And he says this several times through his writings. Philippians, he says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Colossians says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. 1 Thessalonians says, We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. Isn't it interesting that language there where he says we are to walk in a manner that is worthy of the call? Now, that could be interpreted in a way that isn't healthy for us. That might be interpreted in your world as, well, I have to do all the right things 
to be worthy of the call or I have to be a good person or to make the right decisions and to never sin or to never do anything wrong before I am worthy of the call. That is actually not what Paul is saying there. He is trying to remind us to not be easily swayed or to pull off course. The word worthy there actually means worthily. And so we, none of us are worthy. Maybe this is good news to you. None of us are worthy of the great gift of Jesus Christ. But we had to accept, when we accept that gift, the challenge and the choice and the decision that we have is, are we going to live our life worthily in the sense of what the great gift is? And therefore, we must live the way God has called us to live. But we are not worthy. We are not worthy in the sense that to, to relate to God, to have a relationship with God. God, you know, sent his son so that, that we would be made uh, whole and clean before him. But nothing we do makes us worthy. And yet we are called to live worthily of the call. The word is not about your position before God. It is about or your earning God's approval. It is about how you live. It is an adverb. It describes how we are to see our day to day. And so as we travel through this first part of Ephesians 4, I want you to think about that, that this is describing to you how we should live. And so much so that Paul beseeches you, he urges you and I to live out of gratefulness and understanding of the great gift that we were given that was free, but that should invoke and create a response in how we live. And there is an unworthy manner in how we might live. We can be fully saved, but still be challenged in the way that we uh, outwork our faith day to day. A question I get a lot from young people in particular and people who have served God and kind of wondering about what it means to be a Christian is why would a good God not just save us all? Why would a good God let some perish and some not? Great big questions, right? I can't go into all of that today, but I do remember one particular conversation with a young woman. She could not get her head around the fact that God had created us to choose, that God had given us this crazy thing called free will. In her head, she felt like that was kind of, well, wouldn't it be easier if we all just didn't have to choose? Wouldn't it be easier if we all just were wired trying to, to believe in God? And yet after that conversation, she was so confused by that. But after that conversation, I actually found myself thinking about that. And I began to get a little bit more understanding, not fully, but I'm still working on it, that the beautiful gift of free choice is that ultimately we get to choose whether we follow Christ or not and whether we live in a way that's worthy of the call that he has called us to. The choice to embrace the community of God called the church, the choice to be unified is actually part of free will. God loved the fact that we choose him. I love the fact that we get to choose him. God does not want robots. He does not want people just doing everything right all the time. You see, if we were worthy, 
in God's eyes. I feel like we would not understand um, even a little bit the gift that was being given to us. The fact that I know that I'm lost means that I can call on the presence of God and know that despite my mistakes, despite where I've gone wrong, despite when I've spoken out of turn or I've become angry or I've done things in my day-to-day that I'm not proud of, despite the fact that I'm not worthy, God still sent his son. And because of that, I choose to follow Christ. I take a step in my belief and I say, yes, I will follow Christ. You see, from the very beginning, God calls us to multiply and to grow together. And that's what Ephesians is trying to draw out here. Right back in in Genesis, God says that our, our whole point is to grow and to multiply. And God goes to great lengths to make sure that the people of God do that. He does that right through the Old Testament, that people still are to grow and multiply. Now, we are still called to this day to grow and to multiply. And not too differently, Paul is urging us to keep that big picture in mind, that we have a choice whether we live worthily of the call, but we also have a choice as to how we react and grow and multiply together. You see, Ephesians 4 in verse 2 says that we are to be with all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with love in one another, eager to maintain, and here's this statement I want you to think about, the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. No other religion expects everyone to be unified, right? No other organisation calls their people to make sure that they are together and unified in this way. You see, the beauty of this is this scripture talks about two unified, um, two words where it talks about unity. One is unity in spirit and one is unity of faith. And so the unity of the spirit, which Paul is mentioning here, is the fact that when you and I accept Christ as our saviour, when we make the choice to follow him, when we make the choice to accept him into our lives, then we are unified, whether we like it or not, whether we agree or not, because you and I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That unifies us. And so we can spend all day long trying to get to a point where we agree on everything or we can go back to the core moment that Paul is trying to bring us here, that core foundational thing that says because we believe in Christ, then we are called to be together and have unity of spirit. It's it's a non-negotiable. It's unity of spirit. It's there. It's something that we have. And the church of God, the body of Christ, all over this world, in all its expressions, in all its its, um, differences, is unified by the Holy Spirit working in us to live worthily of the call. You see, Paul uses that word one seven times in this scripture. And so we need to kind of pay attention to that. We are of one spirit. We are of one God. And we are pulled together like the body is pulled together. 
This statement, I think, is a wonderful one to consider as we um, look into this scripture. And it's, it's, um, it's a great quote I read. The Holy Spirit lives in all Christians and gives to the church its true oneness. Without the spirit, the body could not exist. Christianity is not a club to join, nor is it some mystical but unreal entity. Instead, true Christianity is a spiritual relationship with Christ as well as other believers. First and foremost, we need to acknowledge that we are unified by our belief in Christ and by the Holy Spirit. But we need to also understand that there is a way to live in unity that comes in the next part of the scripture. Ephesians 4 uh, 4 verse 7 says, But grace was given to us. And this is where Paul reminds us again of the great gift that we have been given through Jesus Christ. That grace was given to us, each according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to all men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended to the lower regions? He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So again, Paul is reminding us of the great gift that we have in Christ. That gift that we're not worthy of, but that we are to seek a life that we live and would describe the gift that Christ has given us. In verse 11, he goes on. It's like the extra bit to the um, telemarketers. You know, wait, there's more. The extra steak knives in this bit, right? It says this, verse 11, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. And so with all this in mind, Paul is saying, hey, here are the gifts I've given the church for us to outwork. But the whole point of those gifts is to build up the body of Christ. His intention, it says in verse 12, was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of the ministry towards building up Christ's body. So the teachers, the apostles, the prophets, um, the pastors are to equip you, you, the saints, to build up the body of Christ. And these gifts that you have been given are designed not just to be outworked in the sense of evangelism, not just to be outworked in the sense of your workplace or your school or your your university or even your family, but to actually build up the body of Christ. I feel like sometimes we miss that, that we must as believers actually engage with the gifts that God has given us to build up the body of Christ, to not just evangelize, to not just go about our every single day, although those things are very important, but to actually build up the body of Christ. It begs the question of you and I, what am I doing in my life, in my my pursuit of living a worthy life of the call, in my pursuit of living a life that, that shows the great gift that I was given in Christ, what am I doing to build up the body of Christ? Do my actions, do my words, do my conversations, 
do do my critiques of other churches do my do my concerns around online church versus on-site church versus right do they build up the body of Christ you see God did not create us to pull down or to tear apart he created us he gave us gifts to build up and we need to understand that those gifts and each of us have gifts. The older I get, the more I realize how important it is that all those gifts come together to make the body function well. We are set free because of Christ. And therefore, we have given gifts to build up the body. You see, that conversation I had with that lady a long time ago, who couldn't get her head around the idea that we had choice. And yet, I feel like, I'm so excited that I can choose to grow in my spiritual walk, choose to engage with what God is trying to pull out of me in my giftings and in what I can offer the body of Christ in the whole. You see, God didn't want crowbots and he, worse, he didn't want clones. He created each of us as individuals with gifts that help us live this life. Sometimes I think we try so hard just to be kind of gentle and kind and nice to everyone, but we forget that as God has given us giftings, we can actually use those giftings to bring that encouragement, to bring that kindness, to bring that peace that the Bible tells us so clearly, Paul tells us so clearly we need to have. It says in verse 13 that until we attain the unity of faith, this is what takes work. We are unified through his spirit. We are unified because we give our hearts to Jesus and we follow him together. But here's where the work comes in. Until we have the unity of faith. And I feel like that is something we need to pursue on and on. And that comes from building and growing our spiritual walk together, using our gifts Discovering what it means to be a follower of Christ. Discovering what it means to live a life worthily of the call. That is as we do that, we build the unity of faith. Until we have unity of faith. And you see, I'm not sure if we'll ever get there. I actually think that this is something that we need to work towards, to strive towards. In fact, I wonder if that's why Paul began his letter right at the beginning urging us and kind of calling us forward because I think this is a lifelong pursuit. I think attaining unity of faith where we come together and we build together and we grow together is actually something that we will have to journey with throughout our lives. And this side of heaven, I'm not sure if we'll ever reach it, but it is worth the fight. You see, this is where free choice comes in, doesn't it? This is where free will and choice comes in, where we can decide whether we are going to engage, whether we can decide whether we are going to forgive, whether we can decide whether we are going to grow in our relationship with God and, and, and build our relationship with God so much so that we do discover what he has put in us to edify the church or to build up the church. I'd encourage you right now, maybe to stop and ask yourself that question. What has God put in me that could help edify the church, build up the church? Is it a gift of encouragement? 
Is it a gift of prayer or intercession? Is it a gift of preaching? Is it a gift of care? Is it a gift of hospitality? What is your gifting? What is it that God has put on you to build up the church? I heard this beautiful example of this where you might have seen at weddings where two candles are lit on either side signifying the the individuals, the man and the woman getting married. And then together they light the centre candle which is showing the God bringing two to become one. And then they usually they blow out the other two candles. At a wedding I was watching, they actually left those two candles alight. And I actually think that reminds me of this exact picture. We come together as individuals with giftings and together we light the middle candle. We actually come together as one through God's Holy Spirit. But we remain individuals. We remain unique. We remain who God created us to be whilst working towards the oneness that God has called us into because of his great gift. You see, God doesn't make us choose him. He doesn't force us to love him. He doesn't force us to live a life worthy of the call. He calls us into choice. And you know, I remember many years ago, I had to make a choice to follow God. I needed to know that I needed to actually take a step that I couldn't actually avoid making the decision any longer. I'd grown up in a Christian home, but I'd walked away from God for, for several years. And I remember God telling me, you need to choose me. And I would ignore the voice. I would actually like literally just kind of put it aside. I would ignore it because I wasn't sure what it would look like to follow him. And then one day I realized that I had to make a choice. There was a choice to be made. And you might be watching here. Maybe you've walked away from God like I did. Or maybe you've never actually heard that God wants a relationship with you. And right here, right now, I'd love to encourage you. I'd love to take an opportunity to pray with you. If you need to make that decision, make that choice, God will not force you. He will not whack you over the head with a Bible and say, you must do this. He will call you into a relationship. It's a gift. And if you accept the gift, then you can unwrap it as you go. You start to work the journey. You start to understand more and more. 20 years old, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still discovering what it means to have this great gift of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're sitting there and you're kind of thinking, yep, that's me. I need to accept this gift. Accept that God is calling you. Not that he is forcing you, but that he's calling you. And what you need to do if that's the case is get some help. Actually get someone alongside you. Start the journey together. Christians, Christianity is not a unique sport. It's not an individual sport. It is an all-in-contact sport. It is doing life together. It's growing together. And if you want to start that journey, if you want to say, yes, Mel, I need to make that decision, I want you to do a super brave thing. On the right of the screen, there's this button called raise your hand. And it's like if you were sitting in church and you kind of give me a little wave and I would make sure I saw your hand and someone on the other end of the screen will pray with you. They'll open a chat with you, get to know you because this is not an individual sport. You want to have a place to ask questions. You want to learn what it means to follow God. 
But if that's you, and you know on the inside, you know your heart is beating a million miles an hour and you need to make this decision, could I encourage you to press that button? For the rest of us, as people do that, I want us to consider what does it look like to live unified this week, to actually walk in a way that is worthy of the call. I'd encourage you to consider this as we pray right now. Father God, I thank you for each person watching. Our Lord, it's an incredible honour to grow and walk together. I thank you, Father, that you're with us, that you love each of us, and that you have created us unique and individuals. Thank you for your great gift of Jesus. Thank you that you've poured out your life for us, that you gave us free will to choose to follow you. And so, Father, we choose again. We say we are in this. I pray for those, Father, that are considering what it means to build up the body of Christ, and I pray that you would show them their gift, show them what you have put in them to bring to the body, to the family of God. Lord, I thank you that you are amazing and that we get to do this together. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I love that the scripture ends in this way. That if we do this, if we strive to attain unity of faith, if we understand that we are already unified through his spirit and we work towards attaining unity of faith, this is the promise. We will not, may no longer be like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by human cunning and craftiness, deceit, schemes. Rather, we will speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, when we, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. As we work together, as we grow together, the body builds the body grows, and that is what God is calling us into. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, just visit www.c3bellconnor.org.au.